Dre is re- see, it tells me Dre is recording the call. Avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. <laughs> Guys, we're all being recorded. Guys, okay. you're being recorded, all right? This is uh, April, what day is today? The 29th, the 30th? What is it, May 1st or something? <laughs> April you 30th. fucked up already, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what day it is. doesn't matter. It's, it's Monday. Quarantine. <laughs> it's <Is> Monday. It? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're right. When we release this, see, that's how much. This guy's really good at marketing, dude. I don't mean, uh, you got the job, dog. <laughs> you're hired bro um this is episode 2027 and uh welcome to human sushi guys yeah it's april 75th today <laughs> <laughs> it's monday <laughs> day 5229 in quarantine oh Fuck. man yeah. don't put that out there shit is, <laughs> shit is real out here man but now we, we do got some esteemed guests in the build, I can't even say in the building anymore, because yeah. really everyone's in their own building. It's, it's this is fucking weird, man. It's it's a in virtual the virtual building. building. There you go, in the virtual you. building. We got Agony and Superman. What's up, fellas? What up, y'all? What's up, man? Thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us back. Word up. Thanks for having us, man. How y'all feeling? We're yeah, feeling man. good, man. I think this is, what, Agony's third appearance? And Soup, I mean, that lost track at this point, right? Yes. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's not count those. Let's just... Have we hit the 10 with you? Nah. Nah? Nah, I can't say that we have. It's getting up there, though. Yeah, we, we've, we've passed the halfway mark to 10, where we've We've climbed the halfway mark, but at least we're probably around five or six or maybe seven. I can't think of it right now. This might got the highest count, though, right? Of all your guests? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Your beard disappeared, man. Every time time Soup talks, we got to cheers. He's a magician. (laughs) Oh, you're taking it back. You remember that part? You remember that part of the episode? How much do you remember that episode, man? I remember that part. That's the part that got me fucked up. It's like every time you talk, we had a drink. I was done by the end of it. Are you going to blame Soup then? The end. I like how he's blaming the end of it more than me. Listen. Definitely contributed. <laughs> Who is, is Agony the second highest with three? Who else has been on it three times? Has no, I- yeah, Reese. Reese been Bro, on Reese. it. Reese is number two for sure. Reese is number two. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know her count for sure, but still. No, she's number. She's been on it more than three times. Okay. We've yeah. had a very limited amount of people on more than a couple of times, or more than once, I should say. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, pretty, that's pretty dope, though, because that diversity, the versatility of people you guys have been able to bring in, like, you know, you know your home team, we always going to be there, but, like, it's pretty cool to have, like, different guests that nobody directly knows, only maybe you or Renee knows. Yeah, like definitely Dre, you know, um, had done this rap thing earlier on in his career, you know what I mean? So he knew one or two people, and then I brought in the rest, you know what I mean? It was mostly me, like if I do say so myself or whatever. What Dre, Dre raps? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> That's what they say. I don't know if you can call what I do rapping. You know? Dre just put out a dope song getting, like I saw it got a good press, I saw a lot of good reaction to it. Yeah, he doesn't some- let me call him Dre. I told him I was going to start calling him that. He got offended. 
It feels weird. <laughs> well, hey, look, I'm fucking back. I'm doing shit now. I'm doing shit now. So I heard I'm, you made a new beat. I feel like I had something to do with that. You did, dog. I mean, you're the only person that's brought me out of fucking retirement. Oh, look, Agony froze. Like I sh- you froze up, Agony. You froze again. <laughs> it's going to be your face for the rest of the show. <laughs> My man, he's, almost, he's almost smiling. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty <Yeah>. good, man. <laughs> Can you hear us, Fred? Oh, no, he's all the way out. Awesome. Oh, that's fine. He'll be back. But that's that's. I was saying that the other day that uh, you said you made a new beat, and I was like, and you played it on the on Instagram. You you were on the live jam, yeah. On, you were jamming out to some new music you made. Now I, I was like, that, like I know the files you have of music, but I didn't know that you made it something new. So that yeah. was pretty cool. I made three new ones, and I'm and I'm going into it with the focus of specifically making it for myself. Like, I want to make beats that I can rap to, you know what I mean? Because that's usually hasn't been the case. Usually I make beats and someone else ends up doing the song, you know what I mean? Uh, case in point, The Shot by Agony, the album I produced for Agony, you know what I mean? But hold nice up, so when, you, so when you're making, because all those beats were out of your catalog. So when, you're, when you made those beats, who'd you have in mind when you were making them? Sometimes me. Okay. Sometimes me. Like the uh, the one that we did together was always supposed to be for me. And ass and uh, uh, the Brooklyn joint was always supposed to be for me too. Like that one right there. When I tell you that I went into like one of the deepest vaults in my fucking catalog for that the Brooklyn joint, I'm, t- I'm telling you, man. I've been holding on to that beat for a long time because that was one of my favorite beats I ever made. You know. But you know, I was like, fuck it, dude. It's time to time to let her go. And you treated her well, man, and I appreciate that. No, no, I appreciate you letting me do it, and it's and a lot of people like that one too. That that's like the that's the one that that I didn't think would get the reaction that it's gotten from from the people that have listened to it. That's like one of the, like whenever people say, "Yo, this track, this track, and this track," like it's in everybody's mouth when they go through that album. When you make a beat, do you do it for yourself specifically? I do. And that's why that's why I've always gravitated to your productions, because one of the things that I've always said is that with you being an MC first, I feel like you carried that vibe into your productions to say, well, not necessarily to say, but it's whether it's innate or on purpose that that you there's there's a flow to be delivered here, you know. And so like when I when I listen to your productions, it always has like put it this way. There's one thing that you've done with beats that I've always had difficulty with doing i don't know if it's the way my brain's wired or whatnot but you got some nice like head nodders and i remember going to you and asking you one time like what bpm are you using you're like i'm like around 88 or something like that right and low, for me low, right? um i'm I, when i get that low and i try to produce that at at that point it feels sluggish to me but yet when i hear your beats like I can't like I'm I'm knocking my head back and forth. It doesn't feel that way. So I've tried and it's just like I'm always up in like the mid nineties or sometimes even into like the, the hundreds when I start doing some other stuff. But but I do produce mainly for myself. So, you know, whenever I'm making something, as I'm starting to make it, um, my brain's already wiring to say, All right, what would you do and how would you do it? 
And if I don't make that instant connection, I usually scrap the beat and just move on to something else. Yeah. Being an MC and a producer is you're constantly like towing that, you know what I mean? Like, like tiptoeing that. Yeah. It's that dance. Yeah, man. Cause you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll show somebody like I'll show you beats. Right. And in my mind, like I've had certain ones for fucking a couple years and I still haven't written to them. But in my mind, it's like, no, 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 this one's mine. You know what I mean? And I'll get to it eventually. And, <laughs> and maybe I'll never get to it, you know? But that's what was happening with that Hey Brooklyn joint. I was holding onto it for so long. And I was like, bro, I love this beat, but obviously I'm not going to do anything with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's it just came time. I was like, okay, got to let but, her go, man. But something feels different, like I would say, because you mentioned that you said, this time around I'm making beats for myself, right? Do you think that you know it's you've gotten to a certain point in and this question is for everybody like you got to a certain point doing your projects right that you're just like listen like i'm gonna put it all on the table you know and like fuck it like it's all for for what i like what i think this is my instinct i'm gonna go all the way no compromise with what i want for once you know and or is it like you know like you said like sometimes i make beats for myself and now like something, what is it that feels different? I would say, is it the timing, the experience? Like, I think what feels different is I know what sound I want now. Whereas before, like my beats are all over the place, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm with you on that. Yeah. You know, so it's like now doing these projects with Tev and like all the music we, we released and shit like that. I kind of know what my sound is now, what I want it to be. So I could just like, go straight to that lane now instead of fucking around with all the other shit, you know? Which are gonna make, make my beats a little more, you know, one-dimensional as far as, like, the style, but still a little more focused into what I want, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I, w I work with a production team, so for me, it's actually really easy to have uh, versatility to the projects. So when I make a beat, it gravitates to a particular artist in my camp. And sometimes certain tracks, um, I don't hear anything to. And when I talk to Agony, mainly Agony, he's my, my first person I go to with all my tracks. And if he hears something, he'll write something. And I'm like, okay, now I hear what he's going and then I'll hear something. And then there's tracks that I'm like, yo, that's all me. Cause I'm already writing to it after I made the beat. Like I'm already flowing to it. And the way the studio's set up, the microphone's right here, the record button's right here. I have two mics. I have the main mic for the final product. I have the studio mic, like that's right where I'm sitting right now for the um, pre-production. So I'm flowing already. If I'm flowing already, I'm like, that's me. You know what I mean? And I don't mind anybody else jumping on it, but I know that's me. And then I'll make something that's totally not me. I don't even like it. And then somebody else will like it. And they'll be creative with it. And I'm like, that's dope. Like, I know it was dope when I made it. If not, like Agony said, I would have scrapped it. But now that I've finished it, I, I wait for somebody to gravitate to it or my brain to find somebody to gravitate to it if I'm not feeling it like that. Agony, you got any beats you, you're not going to let go no matter what? Well, here's the thing. I don't really have people that want my beats and what i mean by that is that like it's my it's it's gotten to the point where i'm not around that type of environment anymore where i can even showcase them or anything like that so and and time wise 
I don't invest too much time into production. So whenever I do find some time and I happen to come out with something that I like and I really vibe to it, A, that's something fresh that I have, which means I'm keeping it. And B, if it gets my 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 words going where I feel like I got something to say to it, you know, I'm not producing tracks like that either. So I take advantage of the situation and say, all right, let's get something going. And whether I keep it to myself or lately, really over the past you know few years, if I get something, I try to stay connected with some of the folks and I've done collaborations like, you know, with me and Shadi or me and Vortex recently um, did a collabo. Um, shout out to Tex, uh, you know, for another project that I'm working on right now. Um, shout out to, to Eric, Sandro's brother. He's another one that um, I reach out to a lot. And and sometimes I even use them for, for inspiration. Like if I hear something on a beat and I'm like, I know this can be something. I'll send it out to whoever I want to vibe with and be like, you know what, well, tell me what you hear to it. And then once they come back, say I was vibing to this, they'll get me going and then we'll just hit off to the races and stuff like that. So um, pretty much anything I make that I feel is fire enough to spit something to, I'm going to keep it. At best, you'll get to jump on the track with me, but <laughs> I'm you holding what, on to that shit. You know what's been dope, man, that I've really been taken to this soup. I'm sure you noticed the Instagram live. I, I'm liking that shit as a as like a avenue to showcase the beats, man. And I've been doing it like a couple times a week now. And yeah, yeah. It's and fucking, you hate Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and I hate it too, exactly. But it's it's dope, man, because it's like it lets you see what people are vibing to in real time. You know what I mean? And like the people will jump in the room and give you feedback. It's it's fucking dope, man. You know? You know, it's very I feel like it's really brave of y'all because a lot of times when I jump on Instagram and I'm playing music, I'm playing tracks from Common Ground, Northern Agony, whatever, and I'm vibing to music I already know is dope. I was but vibing me, on your live. That shit was yeah, dope. Right. But for me to put out my beats and didn't kind of vibe out, I, I, I mean, I'm prepared for it because I know what I made, but it was kind of cool to see you like crack open that safe. Yeah. I, I mean, like the like the beats? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, because I feel like, you know, my followers have heard my songs. And if there's songs that they haven't heard, you know, I'll, I'll debut them on live. Like, for instance, the Who Got the Weed shit that I just put out, I played that shit on live first, on IG Live, and I got a good response from it. So I was like, fuck it, I'm putting this bitch out. You like know? a little test market. Exactly, dude. It's oh, like, like, remember, remember when you used to go to um, the record stores and they used to give you the preview of the album? Right. You could, like seconds <laughs> well yeah yeah like 12 or 15 or whatever it was that was the time that like uh, i bought more albums that at that time because i was like yo this shit is fire and that's what instagram live is doing for you it's like a listening party yeah you know what i'm saying like i can literally like finish a, a ep and throw a listening party on ig live and just play the whole shit i a went on ig live I went on IG Live for the first time ever, like two days ago with my little, like, uh, started DJing again. I started to shake the rust off. I was and I got, I, I got kicked off, like, in, like, seven minutes. <laughs> my first time on there, I got kicked you. off. I was vibing with you, bro. I was going. You were? I, didn't, I couldn't look because I was obviously trying yeah. not to fuck up the mix, you know? I was in there. I was in there for sure. <laughs> well, what happened, Renee? Instagram kicked me out. I immediately broke the rules as soon as I tried it the first time. <laughs> Yo, I hit the limit. <laughs> I was on live for so long today that I hit the limit and uh, IG fucking straight stopped the video. It was like wow. an hour. It's, it's an hour, right? Something it's like that. It's an hour. 
Because I was playing beats, then like uh, Ivan jumped on my live, we started talking shit, then I went back to playing beats with Ivan on my live now. <laughs> I'm playing beats and he's just vibing and smoking to it and shit. Uh, yeah. then back to talking a little bit and bro, like before you knew it, it was an hour. It's dope, man. I like it, dude. And how are you doing your, your live? You're just, you just, you got like a speaker and you're just playing whatever the microphone can catch or you have a feed that's going into it? No, no, no. Would, I'm Listen, if Riza and Primo are going to do it over the damn speaker, like we're fucking not going to worry about that shit. Let me yeah. ask you a and, question. And that's why I was asking because that's like one of the things that you got these, these top notch, been in the game for decade, millionaires doing IG live and some, some sound better than others, but some of them can't even get their shit straight. I it's agree. Like there was like no no preparation to it whatsoever. You're watching them like do sound checks while you're sitting there trying to get the vibe going. Those are the so, limitations of the platform itself, though. But this is going to be true. an opportunity. Like you bet your ass that Instagram is working on something right now to fix that. And yeah. not only Instagram, but outside companies that are going to try to jump ahead of Instagram when they offer something that Instagram doesn't. Or know? sell it or sell it to them. Or sell it to them. Right. Yeah, be a third party that, you know, like a middleman. Basically, you stream to here, and then we stream to Instagram or whatever it is. But I listen back to my lives, and the beats don't sound that bad, you know? No, they don't. I listen to you. I'm sorry. I listen to you live on um, on an external box, and I hear bass in everything, bro. Yeah. yeah and I, li I listen to the last couple Instagram lives, and I mean, I know the song, so I didn't care, but... The it battles? Was, yeah, yeah, like the battles and the verses the sound, and all that. The sound deteriorates when it's two people on at the same time. That's what Instagram has to fix. If the, if Instagram makes the ability to mute one of them, the sound will instantly fix. Because I realized that today, because when Ivan jumped on my call, you know, the sound quality of the beats was significantly worse. So why don't you just mute yourself? That's what Rizzo was doing. Remember, at one point Rizzo was like, "Yo, give me a hand signal or something like that." Yeah, and I'll come back in. No, right. but Rizzo was doing that because he was connecting something that put him on a delay. Yeah. Mm. I yeah. don't know, man. But, well, I think it's more than just the two people calling. It's also the fact that um, Instagram doesn't allow, like, not to nerd out, but like an external audio source. You know what I mean? So you can't plug a mic in and direct it into Instagram. You know what okay. I mean? So. Exactly. Or or whatever a feed. So wait, wait, wait. What do you mean nerd out, dude? Like you speak in my language. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. They'll, so they'll Me come too. up with the ability to do that at some point. You know. Yeah. Yo, the the baby face and um, Teddy Riley had half a million people on there. The second time, and I was watching it. My wife was watching it. We ended up going on um, her laptop. But once the laptop was on, it worked. And I could have processed the laptop through a regular Bluetooth speaker. So it doesn't seem like that far away. You know what I mean? It seems like they're like a couple steps away. I don't know how technical it is, but. But you're talking about output as opposed to input. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, in, but your input, like you said, when you were on with DUI, if DUI would have muted his um, phone while he you were playing beats, and then unmuted maybe while he was talking. Don't you think you would have had a better quality? I don't know if it'll work because I think Instagram still splits the audio. You know what I mean? Guys, I think they I think, split the audio. I think we just came up with a million dollar app idea, right? Like, obviously, I'm the main 
you know, president of the company, and then you guys can work for me. You know what I mean? I just need my shit. I ain't working. Just send me my cut. You know, ironically, I think work from home. I think the new technology has offered limitations to the ability to be able to do that type of setup, right? Because when when the phones, because even now, I I hated that about the iPhones, and now with the new phone I have, they did the same shit, where the audio jack is not your regular one eighth plug, right. where before if you had the one eighth plug then you could technically run something, basically all your audio through a mixer and put the output into your phone and let that the app pick up that one signal that's coming through. Now you can't do that because there's no way to do that unless they have, well, I mean, I'd say there's no way for all we know there's a, well, some no. type of dongle or something that'll let you do Apple, something similar, you know? Yeah, Apple will release some proprietary shit. Yeah. With their plug. <clears throat> Simple as that. That's why they do yeah. it. You know? No, they do. They have an adapter that you can use. But I, I understand what you're saying. Like, sometimes the simplification of stuff, like, you know, seems intelligent at the time, but then you realize later, like, oh, we lost this feature, you know? Um, so, yes. But I think, actually, I, I'm thinking the opposite. With, like, everything going on right now, I'm just trying to see, like, all how connected things are. And it's crazy. Like, you could, like, entire corporations with, like, the employees all working from home can make it work, you know? And it's like talking about thousands of people. So like that to me is impressive. Like that's not something we could have done 20 years ago or mm. 30 years ago, you know? So like that's crazy to me. Yeah. Did you yeah, guys just, uh, the immigration, the uh, the passports, the immunity passports? Did you I'll guys give that? COVID? Tell them, Shadi. Well, it's like on a... <laughs> yeah, I know we're talking COVID again. Jesus Christ. Man. But they're saying that uh, one of the things that they're considering is is issuing immunity passports so that people can move around freely. And this came out on like CNN, like all the major news sources, right? Mm -hmm. So, which means that you're going to have to prove your immunity, meaning that it's going to be like a government mandated vaccination, right? In order for mm. you to move around freely. It's X-Men all over again now. First of all, I think it should be a sash, number one. I think we should all get sashes that says I'm I'm COVID free, number one. <laughs> yellow? Should we go with yellow? Whatever should color. Have, like, you should a pick star, the color. With a customize. star. Customize. Customize. No, just, just like everybody's got custom face masks now, you can customize your sash too, you know? Um, the second thing is, like, I don't know about mandatory vaccinations. Like, I mean, it's not such a stretch. There you go. Uh, it's not such a stretch, but like a lot of things that I didn't think were going to happen are starting to happen. So I'll give you that, Shadi. Like I saw the other day the mayor of New York saying like because um, some people were united for a funeral, uh, they were all wearing masks, but they were not observing the six foot rule or whatever. And he said the police went over there to break it up. And he said, listen, guys, there's no more warnings. The next time people are getting arrested. So we're literally losing our right for assembly. Fucking police state, dude. Yeah. So, like, if because I hadn't heard anyone else say, like, well, you will get arrested for gathering, you know? So uh, that's the first time I hear somebody say that, and that is that is scary for sure. Well, yeah. a woman was, a, was arrested for taking her kids to the park. The park is closed, though. I kind of, I heard that, and I got that, because the park is closed, so she was technically trespassing. But it's something else when you're saying, hey, you can't gather like on public property, like, you know, like you can't ever gather. 
that's like police state for sure. Well, why can't you just tell the people to to move apart and like police it from that perspective if it's about safety? If you're putting people in jail, that's a whole nother system. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole rabbit hole by itself. But if you're going to the church and going, hey, listen, guys, we're trying to keep everybody safe. Just move over a little bit there, move over a little bit there, and then stand there or just make sure because they're not following the rules. Like, at what point is it crossover versus safety? That sounds like a logistical nightmare, first of all. <laughs> guys, Agony wants to say something. <laughs> <laughs> he saw my signal. He gave me that tip, right? <laughs> So let's play let's play devil's advocate, right? So I mean based on what you're saying, they said that if you don't do it the right way, the next time we're arresting you. And I think we also have to understand that everybody's kind of reaching a certain I think we're getting past the level of tolerance that people have had for all these new rules and regulations on both sides. Like people are tired of being locked up. And I think that the people that are trying to enforce these rules and regulations are also getting tired of seeing people doing things they're not supposed to do. Like there's videos of a gathering recently in Chicago where there was a house party of a bunch of kids that were literally practically shoulder to shoulder in an apartment that was packed with folks. And apparently that that's just one that surfaced, but there's a lot of that going on. And that's my that's my concern about what they're trying to do now, which is they're hoping that we can start getting back to some type of normalcy. But. I don't trust people. That's one of the things like, I remember listening to one of your, your episodes and you guys were you know, talking about this whole thing and the whole fear mongering approach. And I think it's an unfortunate truth that without fear, you don't get everybody to respond. Like there is no common logic when and, and originally it was this is what you need to do. And people were still acting a fool on sandbars and going to the open pubs and not paying attention. So then it's like unless you say do this or die, nobody really pays pays attention right so it's like right now they want to open up the parks but but you can't have barbecues you can't be in the gazebos you can't have more than like three people on a basketball court everybody needs to have their own ball you can go to the fishing piers but you have to stay 10 feet apart so there's these rules in place but i just i'm curious to see how people respond which is why i mean my wife and i were having the conversation the other day and she's asking she goes what do you think we're going to do i said we ain't going to do shit i go everybody can go out there and run amok i'm treating the the re-release of society no different from the next release of technology. Let them get all the bugs and the kinks out first. And then once it's stable, I'll start doing, you know, what everybody else is doing. Because it's just, you know, I, I just think, it, I think, what was it, Men in Black? That there's some quote along the lines of a person is smart and people are stupid. And it's, it's true. Like, as, as a whole, I think society lacks this common sense to just do what they're supposed to do. And unless you enforce it in a certain way, they don't respond to it, which really fucking sucks. And what's, what are you concerned about? The virus itself? When you say work out the kinks, right? Like, do, do you mean, like, it's not going to be safe to go out there without catching the virus? Well, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not worried about the virus. Like, when this whole thing popped off, like my mother's come to try to visit me a few times to drop something off and she doesn't go further than my driveway. And people are like, damn, Fred, that's fucked up. And I'm like, but why would I risk? I've hugged my mother a million and one times and God forbid something would have happened where, you know, she were to catch something and I never got to do anything like that again. I think it would suck because I wasn't the one that did it. I would feel more peace in my heart. I'm not going to try to be ignorant to what possibilities are out there that I could be a carrier without symptoms, 
that I may have already had it and not even known it and still might be contagious to just say, oh, well, I feel fine and let me hug my mom and then put her at risk because I got a circle of people around me that are way up in their 60s, poster children for this stuff, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, overweight, you name it. And everything that I'm doing is really more so for them than for myself because I'm a little OCD to begin with. Like when they start implementing all these rules about keeping your hands clean, not touching stuff, like I've been doing that shit for centuries. Like that's nothing new to me. So when, when they said, oh, you got to stay away from people and just keep your, your hands clean, I was like, I'm straight. But, you know, my fear is that, that, you know, just realistically, if there's only one person still infected out there and that one person goes to some a place where there's a bunch of other people, you go from one back to 40, from 40 back to 100, from 100 back to 1,000. So, you know, I'm I'm just curious to see how this is going to play out in general, because since nobody really knows what's going on and they don't know whether you're immune to it after you get it, they don't know if it is going to be seasonal or not and we're just going to be living with this for the rest of our lives like any other seasonal flu. You know, it's just I, I just I, the one thing I I do feel and, and again, going back to one of the, the conversations you guys were having is that it is true. When you have something like this that's that affects everybody all at once, there's always stuff that gets pushed out to change the way that we live and the people stand behind it because of the fact that now they have a reason to do it. So you guys brought up the fact of 9-11, so I'm not going to rehash that conversation, but you get things like that, that people are willing to give away certain freedoms or open themselves to certain situations such as saying, well, I want to travel, I'm tired of being home, go ahead and plug me with whatever you're going to plug me with, whether I know what's in it or not, so I can get my passport and start traveling around again, you know, and and who knows what's in there. That could be the quote unquote mark of the beast and start tracking people at a totally different level. Right. And that's yeah. the concern. And and that's the thing, like, you know, it was easy to see that coming if yep. you were reading between the lines. You know, there's no way to stop the it. writing was on the wall. It's going to be a mandatory vaccine, you know, and it hasn't happened yet, but it fucking looks like that's what's coming you know it's not gonna be mandatory but it is it is gonna be mandatory i know what you're saying like it's not gonna be written anywhere but it's gonna be like you can't do anything without it type exactly of thing, exactly. You know? exactly well here's my thing right i think one place where they're really gonna hit people hard with it is that right now in general to go to public schools you have your your list of vaccinations that your kid needs to have if you don't have that doctors i think it's a, a yellow paper or a blue form something that if it's not filled out by the doctor and up to date your child isn't even allowed to go to school so i have a feeling that if they really want to push it that that may even become one of those items that if your child hasn't been vaccinated by this you're not even accepted back into a public school and to your point renee they might not say everybody needs to have it and and complete like a registry but they might start to say if you want to get on a plane you need to have this vaccination. If you're right. trying to travel, you know, on a cruise ship, which I love to do, you need to get this vaccination. And they're basically going to put people into a corner where they're going to say, well, I'm not going to not do that ever again. So, you know, to hell with it, do what you got to do. Real quick, going back to your point about, you know, your mom, because I am in the same camp, right? Like, I think I don't really care. I feel like I could withstand the virus, but I feel... Uh, weird about possibly giving it to someone who might not be able to withstand it right but i'm slowly kind of moving over to the other side of like fuck it and like maybe i don't need to social distance as much because pretty much everyone's gonna this is gonna run through everyone at some point right like 
you can't stop from getting the flu your whole life. Like right. you can't lock yourself in your apartment and say, I'm never going to get the flu. Right? right. You gotta, you gotta eventually going to come in contact with it at some point or another, you know? So it's unfortunate. I'm not trying to make like uh, any like, oh, you, you know, you're going to get it. So what, you know, but it's like, it's unfortunate, but it's a reality that I think everyone is going to have to come in contact with the flu at some or with the virus at some point. So, I mean, you're uh, literally in a bunker right now. I'm literally in a bunker. I got toilet paper for days, guys. I'm so straight. Like, I'm good. Look at that refrigerator. <laughs> like. <laughs> Look at that TV. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's super old. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Soup, soup. What camp are you in? Are you ready to get out of your house? Are you working from home? What are like? Um, honestly, man, I am. I'm always okay, man. I'm a. I'm a homebody. I don't have a problem being home. The the only thing that I honestly miss, um, is performing. Um, getting together with the band and and like creatively making music consistently is. I do a collaborative effort. And I can technically do it a different way, but the way we vibe and the way we joke and kind of how I learned how to do music from just starting with Common Ground was just like vibing out and laughing in the studio and somebody says a story and evolves into a song or that part, turning it into a live process and getting out there. And like, I just started like, you know, you guys came to the show in January. And that January show was because I was itching because I didn't know when the next show was going to be after January, go figure. You know what I mean? But everybody has different lives and everybody's busy anyway. So I was always grateful to get together for a month or two, you know, every other month and then boom, 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 perform. Now it's like, damn, that's the one thing I'm like, damn, creatively, like I feel stagnant a little bit. Well, you but, know, one major positive that this mm -hmm. thing has had is hey. we've been sitting on this fucking podcast on this audio documentary that we recorded goddamn a fucking year ago, right? Talk about it. Talk more, about it, Shadi. A little more, more than, than a year ago. Yeah. That was it was actually I want to say I know for a fact that it was October of 2018 when when I think we had felt like we were going to be done soon um, because we were already talking about promos and we were talking about release dates and everything. We still hadn't recorded everything we were going to record, but it's right. from then. So we're, you know, we're, we're just shy of almost, and we're not even just shy. We may be very close to, well, yeah, years. just shy of about two years from when we first started the project. Shit. I'm hurt that I'm not in it, guys. That's number one, right? I don't know why you guys didn't put me in it, but all right. Talk so about these stories were before you were born, right, Renee? Or you just look young. Oh, no I just look. Yeah. Young. <laughs> this 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 story we did this before, like right around before you what before you and Sushi even started, no? Or right around the same time. We started recording it before, before. we had started Human Sushi. Yeah, that was the running joke at some point. I remember going in there. I'm like, Human Sushi, twelve. Common Ground Story Zero, and then Human Sushi 52, you know, Common Ground <laughs> Story Zero. So welcome to episode 77 of Human Sushi. <laughs> That's not this is Common Ground Story <laughs> 1. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming. Yo. Well, let's, let's break it down from the beginning, right? Good things take time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let's break it down to the beginning. I mean, I, obviously, I was there at the inception of it, but, like, Soup, if you could, like, kind of break down 
how this idea even came about and, you know, what is it, right? Well, I think um, one of the days we were sitting back, you and I, and we were, before Human Sushi, before anything really popped up, we were thinking of ideas just to work on, just to kind of tell ideas vocally, verbally, and we just never came up with an idea that was really something that we wanted to work through. And you came up with the idea to kind of like, why don't we just tell our own story? And then it was like that one snowflake that came down that was like, all right, well, yeah, we could do that. Where do we go from here? And we just said, well, we can't just jump into it with me and you because you're an MC in the story. You're like a pillar of the whole Common Ground story. And it was like, we have two crews, ID4, North and Agony, that are Common Ground initially. Um, and you're half of ID4. That's when the Agony conversation came into play. It was like, well, we should get half of North and Agony. That way, both sides are represented. And then it kept snowballing. And then, we, you know, we sat there and we we said, let's let's get into the idea of the Tell the whole story. So what you is it? Start somewhere. I still don't know what it is. <laughs> well, it's the big. It's it's the story of Common Ground, a collective MC producing group out of Kendall, Miami Dade, South Miami. That what is their story? How did they come about? How did they even get together? And it was probably the biggest epiphany about all of this is that none of us knew. Well, is it audio? Is it video? Is it so it's an audio documentary, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, it started the idea started as like, let's do a podcast about like our story or whatever, because I think when we were talking soup, we were talking that day that we were having the conversation. It was about some of the conflicts we've had. Right. right. And like, we've never really talked about that shit before that day. You know what I mean? Like some of the stuff that just some of the misunderstandings that happened back in the day or whatever. And you were like, nah, you got to talk to Agony about that because I don't remember it this way. And I'm like, nah, I'm telling you. <laughs> and that's when I was like, yo, this is compelling shit. You know what I mean? Like, this should be, we got to do the common ground story. And that's when we decided, all right, let's let Agony know. Um, common ground, by the way, is like a rap, you know, it's kind of like a rap collective that was made up of two groups, North and Agony, half of which is on the show tonight, and ID4, uh, which was my group, uh, with our previous guest, Manny. So, um, yeah, we Girls. got there through through uh, Profile, our, our producer and shit like that, and, you know, this is kind of the story of all the ups and downs, the, the highs, the lows, which actually means ups and downs, so I just said the same thing twice. Um, yeah, and, like, you know, so, like, it's cool because it's like we get to talk about a bunch of shit that we never really touched on before, you know, like between the ID4 side and the North and Agony side. Um, and it all happened like while the fucking tape was running, you know. So it's interesting. It's like even for people that don't know who the fuck we are, you know, it's kind of uh, interesting to hear us kind of work out certain issues like some truths come out both good and bad you know what i mean and and just like recount some of the history and it's it's dope man it's i think you know it's a it's a it's a nice little like memorandum of you know the the time that we were like doing our thing you know what do you what do you what do you think you you um pe what do you think people will get 
from like just the whole energy that we were able to bring with everything. Well, I think one of the things that's cool about it is like, you know, none of us are currently professional rappers, right? Like we all still do our thing or whatever, but none of us are currently getting paid to make rap music, right? So so I think one of the interesting things is like seeing how people transition what like bro we put our 10,000 hours in for real for real you know what i mean so seeing all of us kind of like take those skills that we learned when we were doing the music thing and like apply them to to real life to whatever it is that we're doing in real life you know what i mean and in some cases like still doing artistic shit um but but you know applying those lessons that we learned that like pro taught us when he put us in the studio and taught us how to format songs and you know put that that confidence in you of being able to start a project and finish it i think that's a big deal you know just like starting starting a song and then finishing seeing it to completion and actually being able to listen to your work and enjoy your work you know and then that extends to albums and you know it gets bigger and bigger shit in my case screenplays or whatever you know but it's like those skills that we learn um apply to real life and it's dope to see how like catching up with everybody what what everybody was doing currently and how we're utilizing those things that we learned agony you think um there was some therapeutic process to doing the the recordings like do you because you guys kind of mentioned like some misunderstandings or like you guys had a difference of a viewpoint or whatever like you think this helped kind of bring that out you know, I don't think that was the intent, but after going through the the process, like when it, when we would finish recording some of the sessions, like it did, it did feel good going through some of those conversations and going through some of those topics, and 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 we still didn't didn't necessarily agree on everything. We still had our differences of opinions on the way some of the things went down, but it it did feel good because to to shots point. We, we spoke about these things as we went through it, but it was there was kind of just this formality of saying, all right, look, we, we went through this, we, we spoke whatever we're going to speak about, and let's just keep moving. But we never really, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but we never really got into our feelings about it, you know? And I think one of the things during the, the, the recordings that we did get into was like, you know, how we felt about it while we were going through those situations you know and i think we were much more candid about the way we felt versus whatever it was that we were portraying at that time because there were still some barriers that were up while we were going through it um just due to the nature of the way things were going down you know and and i think that's why it's it's a story that's beneficial to to anybody i mean i think it's beneficial to a lot of people because the truth of the matter is more people don't make it than actually do and I don't think that what we went through is something unique, which is why I feel that people will be able to gravitate to it and also be able to relate to a lot of the things that that we went through while we went through this process of, of trying to make music. Uh, because we did we did do our fucking damnness to try to make it happen. That's for damn sure, you know. You guys um, made great music. It just was at a time where, you know, it was hard to market that shit. Yeah, it was that. And I mean, and we got, I mean, at least I feel we got fucking close. Like there were a lot of times where opportunities presented themselves and 
and realistic and true opportunities with some solid connects that, you know, for some reason, just, you know, you know, we never, the, it, it never, it never popped off, but, um, you know, but on both sides of the camps, you know, there was, there was really good progress being made and, and things that are, that were definitely worth continuing with it. You know, it wasn't like we were getting, making music and nobody was feeling it. And, you know, we were just, you know, beating a dead horse, so to speak, like, the music was progressing. The more we did it, the, the the better it was getting. The production quality was getting better. You know, the 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 concepts were were a little bit more creative. You know, the flows were getting tighter. Like it was definitely a progression, and and we always felt like we were on our way. And just it just at some point, I at least was one that I always put a time marker on myself. I'm like, if I don't make it by X amount of time, I need to transfer that focus into something else because I gotta feed the family. You know. I can't keep just having any nilly willy job and and still try to put all this time because when we're talking time, I mean we're talking working your nine to five, and then after that, you know, doing what you got to do for the fam. And by about what time we used to meet at at North Studio, there was like something like at nine o'clock, I think it was that we would be there almost like on a daily basis. And you're talking about from nine till one, two in the morning, if not later, to then go back home, get a little bit of sleep, and go back to work the next day and keep repeating that and some if we were in the studio we were lucky if we had to go out to the club you know for promotional purposes and stuff like that it was you know we were we we were putting in the hours and um and because of that there's definitely a lot of stories to tell so many that not even all of them came out we really tried to stay focused on on like the the heavy hitters of of anything that that caused us to move kind of and transition and and evolve uh, both as as a group and as separate entities and as individuals, so it's um, so it was it was a little therapeutic to be honest with you, um, and I had a blast recording it. You know, and, I, and I think and one thing I do want to stress that I know was already said, but for anybody that's listening to this, that will listen to the to the uh, documentary, it is an audio documentary. I've seen a lot of people saying I can't wait to see it. It's not yes. a video. We didn't have cameras with us rolling around. This isn't like a, you know, a reality show that we're putting out. This is just us shooting the shit. So, you know, you have a drink, take a listen and, you know, and, and be entertained. But um, it is an audio documentary. Audio. And Soup, uh, you produced the project, right? No, actually, we all collaboratively produced it um, as Common Ground would do. Um, but it definitely... They did put it in my hands to try to be the mediator between the conversation. And that gets blurred because I'm part of the conversation a lot of the times. So the mediator or the director shifted per episode. So there's times where Shadi's directing, there's times where Agony's directing the questions and ideas. There's times where we're just all trying to figure out a point we're trying to make and and it was, it was, I mean, it was therapeutic back to the other point. To me, it was therapeutic because I didn't know half of these things. And I hung out with these dudes for the same amount of time. And I was learning things every, every episode. Is yeah, there any uh, stories? Or the, the glue that kind of tied the whole thing together, though. I mean, it, we kind of did put it on you to kind of host the thing. And not only that, like you do the intros and outros for each episode and it's, it's kind of yeah, the same, you know, right, you know? I mean, I, Shadi likes to give me my props where it's due, but when, when we're all together as a crew is common ground, 
I've seen what these guys have done. I've seen their talent level. I really feel grateful that they've, you know, appreciate my input. And this was a project where they did give me that range to put my input in the, the, the audio documentary and have a part in it that was equal. So it was really cool because, you know, these guys, when they work on music, you know, they, you know, <laughs> fascist, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, not, yeah. it's not happening. It's not, <laughs> it's not a democracy, right? No. At all, at all, at all. <laughs> but this was a project that when we worked together, it was definitely a collaborative thought process. And like, not even you have to do it this way, or you have to do it that way. It was like, you're taking care of this aspect of it. And that's it, you know, and, and trust. that was cool. That was, you know, it's empowering when you give people that trust. And we had a, we also had a really good time. And I think because I'm probably one of the biggest fans of Northern Agony in 94 because of how close I am to their projects. Um, it was really exciting because I really never thought I would see ID4 and Common Ground, I mean, and Northern Agony as Common Ground talking about everything we went through. I thought it was just, it was just gone. It was just, you know, we went through it and it's gone like, like an ex-girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's gone. Like, you could, you could, you could reminisce in your head, but you got, you're not. <laughs> so you gotta keep the pictures, man. <laughs> this, is, this is an equivalent no, of a booty call. You gotta get rid of. You gotta hide the pictures to get rid of the pictures, bro. Like, <laughs> but common ground and audio booty call. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys got back together, and we were able to get everybody, you know, the core nucleus back, and talk about. Everybody had a voice, and it it was for me. It was a party, like. I couldn't even control myself. I was I was at the club like sixty to seventy percent of the whole documentary. I was just so happy, and it was in my crib, so I was already on ten. You know, like my kids are sleeping, my wife is next door, and I got the whole crew talking about past days, having Talk a great about- time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I couldn't even. It got to a point where I had to, you know reel it in a little bit because I was I was I was really really reliving the nostalgic days of common ground and it really was a that's why you said therapeutic it was it was really a a great reliving from the from the horse's mouth you know what I mean not from my memory from the people who were there it was their voices it was their stories it was their accounts and like agony said their feelings their emotions, their their perspective, and it was cool, man. It was it was it was definitely something cool. I had my own perspective, but it was definitely cool to hear theirs again. I'm getting a knock at the bunker door. I gotta step away for a second. So. All right, put on your <laughs> put on your mask, put on your gas mask, and go see what's going on. <laughs> uh, like so, and looking at the the documentary and the process of it, I think one of the things that I obviously cherish the most is the fact that we got profile in the documentary, you know, where I'm in the studio, got to hang out with him, uh, you know, get his point of view on things that I think that was a mystery to everyone. Like to a certain extent, 
you know, I can put myself there as far as like what Agony was thinking, like what that what the other rapper side was thinking. You know what I mean? But as far as what Pro was thinking, that shit was all news to me. I had no idea what the fuck. So that to me was like the dopest shit, you know. And then you know, unfortunately, he passes away like a month after we record that, you know. So it's like that to me is is you know the gem that I'll always treasure from this particular project is the fact that we got pro on there like you know putting everything out into the open uh yeah it, it, was, it was beautiful man it really was yeah it was and you know him to your point we we spent way more hours together than i think we did collectively with pro especially as time as time progressed and um you know there was there was a lot about pro that that i didn't know even from from hanging out with him you know on, on a personal level here and there that came out of that of, of that session that we we had with him and and if it's and to, to your point shot like i definitely agree that the the fact that if if there was anything worth you know putting this project together it was it was the the the, the timing of it to be able to have that type of conversation with him and learn about him and for us to be able to share our feelings with him about how we felt about him you know right right before you know his his tragic ending so um you know and that was definitely a haymaker to the project as well i think that brought everything to a screeching halt sure. um once that happened because it just didn't even it didn't even feel right to release it that quickly after he he passed you know it's at that point it was really a matter of I think it took a while before we finally all decided like yeah i think i think it's it's time to really start trying to get gears back in motion and see what we do about releasing this but it was it was awesome to be able to well, to have that 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 last memory with him to, to add a little interjection to the new audience um the collective group of common ground is northern agony and id4 and the person who put that collective together was profile the producer and if anybody knows what it was like making music in the earlier times um producer having somebody give you beats was you know golden and somebody who's willing to work with you bring you in the studio and you not have to um you know come out of pocket and it was more you know great music being made this was a guy who had the idea to even introduce each other and the fact that we were able to celebrate him was was a key peak of this whole project, you know? Yeah. And that's a good point, too. This was pre-digital days. So the fact that we found a producer with access to a studio and the ability to make beats, you know, that, that was a big deal, you know? So and, and, you know, we had access to Pro from our own avenue, and then you guys had your own access to Pro but it's not like we all went at him together like he was working with us all separately and he had the idea to bring us all together you know what right. i mean so it's crazy it's like you know we've collaborated now on so many things over the years like aside even aside from music you know like there's a big part of me that thinks human sushi doesn't get started if, if not for soup you know what I mean? Like we did our first fucking couple episodes there and shit. And 100%. Soup's the only person I knew that had broadcast experience. You know what I mean? So like 
being able to do the podcast with soup at soup's crib and made me feel like I could do this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, you know, it's, and then you convinced me. <laughs> right. Yeah, and we know each other from pro. Like, but that's what I was, you know, what I was say is that like pros impact on my life is like, you know, still to this day can be felt, you know what I mean? You know, and I think that's the, that goes for all of us really. Yeah. I, you know, aside from me and Soup that knew each other prior to that, um, you know, we we wouldn't be having this conversation we're having today on this type of platform had it not been for him, you know, because one of the things we talk about in the in the documentary and to not get too much into the stories, but was the fact that, you know, Shadi and I lived not too far away and I used to hang out on a street that was literally walking distance from where he used to stay and we had never crossed cross paths so it's you know pro was definitely the 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 catalyst to it and and i do have to say you know to to shadi's point you know soup has always been this like this this just silent muse throughout the crew um where you know he's spoken up when he's needed to speak up he's he's put his head down sometimes when he's had to put his head down um, just to keep the peace, you know, he's he's kept the music going. He's he's he, I even have recordings of us in a car when we came up with the hook for the remix to to three oh five niggas that we did with gold. And as I'm listening to it, dirty. Um, yeah, shout out, shout out to gold. As I'm listening to that recording, I'm hearing just how much soup is just interjecting and just throwing words out and ideas out that ultimately help to build the hook. And and he's always been that I that I have memories of myself just like writing where where if if anybody was looking at at this the what was happening, they would say, damn, Agony's just totally ignoring this motherfucker, you know, because he would literally just like almost like your conscious just saying shit. And <laughs> and, you know, and they were but just based off that it wasn't that I was ignoring him. I was just in my zone, but he was still like just feeding ideas to me that I would incorporate or change or just, or it would push me in a different direction that then I would come up with something else. And he's always, always been there for me, for North. He's always given his opinions here and there. And even right now with the CG music group with, with Vic and Jamal on the bass and bringing his brother into it and, and doing more live stuff with his drummers and everything. Like he's, he's, he, he hasn't stopped, you know? So that's, it's definitely something that, and, and credit that he deserves for, for even everything that's still going on going on today as well you know i think the the combination of of the of, of funny enough people from the the same island right <laughs> just different sides different, and, different halves you know are are basically the the reason why we've done so much that we've done um over the you know years so you know definitely um pro was a huge a huge loss um but you know I, i'm Definitely, you you deserve just as much credit, Drew, because you've you've been there through the trenches with us on on both sides throughout this whole process. And I think I mentioned this at some point in the documentary, but like, who better to carry the name CG Music Group into this into this different era? You know what I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. like we kind of all like, I would say, graduated away from CG Music Group because we all kind of became our own entities and it was right. it's only right for soup to be the guy to still be carrying that mantle you know what i mean like i had never had any kind of question about 
Soup being the guy still repping the CG, like still making sure that the CG is alive, you know what I mean? And still utilizing a lot of the same elements, you know, from from where CG originated and just adding like a new flavor to it and shit. It's it's dope, man. It's dope to see that shit, you know? Well, I, I appreciate that, fellas. And as y'all know, I'm a student to y'all. So, you know, when it comes to learning, you guys have been great teachers and and I've I've been more than grateful to to learn something that that like you're a fan of hip hop because we grew up that way you know what I mean we're all fans of the music we're all fans of MCs but to have somebody technically sit down with you whether it's agony showing me how to program an MPC or shoddy showing me how to edit on reason like and then have the 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 tier of talent of MCs gift that y'all both have like. Like it's dope. Like I just like I'm. I'm just happy to be here. Type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, what else am I gonna do but rep CG? This shit's on my back. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that I'm. I'm not. And the concept of common ground is always about bringing people into the music side and making dope music. And that's it. It's not even that deep. It's just about making dope music. And if you have an idea, let's hear it. And if it's not good, we won't keep it. And <laughs> that's it. Like, if it's dope, we'll keep it. So to have two pioneers in my mind, you know what I mean, in this Kendall rap shit that we did, like just be my homies and give me good advice and give me good direction and let me be a fly on the wall half the time, um, you know, and input what I needed to input if I heard something that was dope enough, you know, trust my own ear was 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 real cool, man. That was that was that's why I do the music to this day, man. And 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 people who come into the circle. They actually learn your methods, you know, they're, they're learning the CG way. It's like an old, you know, fighting school, you know what I'm saying? It's like, this is the technique we use, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Shaolin shit, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right, Exactly. Soup became a teacher, like Soup became like, you know what I'm saying? Like a Jedi master shit. Right, right, right. The student becomes the teacher. That's dope. Exactly. So that's what's up. Took over the school and shit. (laughs) Well, y'all retired. Y'all did other things. Y'all was hanging out on mountaintops, doing whatever y'all want. I'm like, well, there's still a school, yeah. you know, where if you if you really want to learn how to make music, you could come over. There's no pressure, you know. What pro taught us, actually, you know. Um, Your brother's like the fucking Anakin Skywalker. Of, uh, <laughs> school, That's what's so, up. <laughs> are there any stories that got left on the cutting room floor that you guys want to tell now that? You wish I'd made it into the to the dock. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, we didn't edit anything. There's honestly, there's, I think there's just maybe a, a one or two things that that we we did to omit something just to keep the peace. To keep but, uh, yeah, to keep names out of it. Yeah. Other than that, though, like we didn't we didn't edit any of it at all. It just whatever came out is what came out and and like i said all the all the a lot a lot of the good stuff is what was covered like there wasn't anything when i walked away and as i listened to it again that i said damn i wish we would have spoken about this situation i wish we would have spoken about that situation like we went through all the highlights you know we went through the 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 pain points that we had and and we didn't we didn't edit any the only the only editing we did was just to try to segment it in a way where for the listeners it was consumable um, and somewhat, you know, um, just that, you know, just chopped it up so that way 
per episode. You can try to at least make it through an episode in a sitting without having to necessarily stop it and go. But if you have to do it, so be it. Um, but like I said, we we really just just let it all air out. I can't believe you don't remember not passing us the blunt the day we met. Like <laughs> I they, don't. They didn't pass it. They're passing around a blunt, and they didn't pass it to us until after we agreed to be part of the crew. Wow. Like they were passing around the blunt, we were having the conversation, and when, once we said yes, they're like, "Yo, y'all want to hit this?" That's and that shit was episode one spoilers. By then, and I was like, "Nah, fuck that." <laughs> <laughs> we started off on a bad foot. <laughs> I I swear. Well, then again, I just it, it happened so frequently. I just even got another track that was sent to me, where, um, where it's it's a collabo that we did on some mixtape stuff. With uh, with my boy uh, D Force uh, David from Spot Rushers, and with him, me, uh, North, and uh, and his artist L City, and and he's like, yo, I found this track. I was like, yo, send it to me. I don't even remember doing that track. And I have this, I call it a gift. It's it's probably you know early signs of Alzheimer's or dementia, but I call it a gift that there's music that never made it into my rotation, and I guess. Because of the fact that I have so much that we've done, if it didn't stay in my rotation, it literally just went out of my brain. So when when these gems come along that people send me, it's the only time that I get to listen to myself as as a spectator because I don't remember the track. I don't remember the verse. I don't remember the rhyme scheme. I don't remember the wordplay. And just it literally... A week, uh, days ago, they sent me another track with it, and and it was just, it was beautiful to be able to hear myself like that. And it was a, it was a dope ass verse. I must admit, <laughs> you're like, I'm pretty good. <laughs> no lie, I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, I was like, yo, get that shit. So, <laughs> yo, so, so, yeah, so I don't remember not not passing this dude to L. You know, that, in my mind. Does ever happen to you, Shadi? You forgot a verse? <laughs> yeah, all the time. All the time. What about on stage? Have I forgotten my shit on stage? Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. freestyled my way out of it. Okay. No, but you've yeah. forgotten you've ever written a song at all. Like, you hear the beat, you hear the track, you hear the guest on it, and you're like, what's this? Wow. Yes. Thank you. See, I'm not alone. Yeah, that's And totally. it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? At least to me, it is, Shadi. Like, I love hearing those songs because... I get to pick myself apart. Like I don't remember sitting there. I don't remember the process. I don't remember the 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 recording of it. I get to just listen to something that I created without any bias to it. And and a lot of times, like I'm saying that last one, I can't front. I was listening to it. And I was just like, oh, like, yo, this dude's riding that shit. <laughs> More often than not, I'm like, yo, I'm nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope somebody's gotta believe in you. If it's not you, who it's gonna be, you know? Yeah. In some cases, it's only me. What happened? Soup, soup uh, left the the call. Oh, he's coming he back. He's always back. Soup is always there. There we go. There we go. Never left. Yeah, I know the routine. He'll be back. So, all right. So, I want to go back to a quick point um, that you made about the technology and how, what it was like to record back in the day, right? Like, because <laughs> even though we've talked about this before, Shadi, like I, I don't think we've actually really explained how different it is now and like how much that affects like who can and cannot make music nowadays and who wins in the music game and who doesn't right because nowadays i can go on youtube and steal a beat 
in two seconds, right? I can record some mediocre raps as long as the flow is kind of catchy, etc. Right? And then I can go take some YouTube marketing courses, and that's how I'm gonna get my video to to pop. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't have to go to a studio. No one else has to co-sign me. Like, because when you know when we talk about Pro and the fact that he co-signed you guys, like that is a I don't understand. I don't think the kids nowadays know what a big deal that is. They never had to be co-signed. No one ever had to tell them like, "Hey, <laughs> you know, you're good enough. Like, I, you know, I want to work with you." Go. With, with that's real. No, that's real shit. I know you're you're trolling and shit, but that's that's real shit though. No, like, I'm not trolling at all. Yeah. Well, back then it's like you couldn't have just a studio in your living room randomly you know what i mean it took like a lot of hardware to be able to produce studio quality music so if you wanted to record studio quality like industry quality music you had to have access to a studio and for a lot of rappers who weren't engineers and shit like that that means you had to know somebody and you had to get like you said co-signed by somebody you know so just just finding pro listen even if his beats were whack I would have been like, all right, let's work and let's make something happen. The fact that his beats were dope were like was like a fucking blessing from the gods. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but and he had but, his pick. He had his pick. There's so many people just, like just like now, back then, right. a lot of people were trying to rap the same way. You know what I mean? Right. So let me tell you, to your point, um, a couple of things actually. One about Pro having his pick. Pro worked and was and basically our connect there was through uh, Miami Dade back then community college and he was working in the music program which everybody and their mother that was going through that program had wanted to do some form of music right so when you say that he did have his pick of the litter he was flooded with numerous people around him that he could have reached out to and tried to actually make something happen with it so at the end of the day he did choose us because you know, when when I met him, it was just something where to work on a project. And then after that, after him, he after him hearing me was when he reached out and was like, yo, let's let's try to do more together. You know, when when him and and shot and littles met, you know, that was a choice that he made to continue to do work for them and and bring them into to what we had already started just briefly. And and to your other point. Like, I even got a track on the Shot by Agony album, which is I Ain't Too Old. And there's a line in there that says, you know, I've been from real to real to ADATs and DATs, cassettes and CDs and now MP3s. Like, we've been around from places where when just to be able to get into something, again, because Soup had to connect at FIU, you know, we, we got into a, 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 a basically a, a, a radio studio and used real to real to try to record a song where... When you fucked up, there wasn't, all right, let's punch it. It's like, all right, let's bring it from the top and spit that shit all over again. You know, that's where we where we started and then continued our way through. And now, you know, my son does stuff. He has a friend of his that he works with. And his boy basically records on a laptop. He does, look, I, he, he tried to do the same setup. This is, this is, this is what this fucking kid uses. This is a fucking shoe. With, because the mic, he broke the stand on it, and it's in here. The mic connects with, with the USB, and they use this uh, thing called Mixcraft. And I'm telling him, like, dude, you have, you have a, 
over a, a, a few hundred dollar mic behind you. You have Pro Tools, which is what, you know, professionals use. All these plugins that are available to you. And I can't even knock him because when he plays me the shit that he records with his boy, they use these presets that are on this application. And when I'm listening to it in the car, I'm like, like, yo, this shit sounds clean. Like, I can't even front. This shit sounds clean. And then they get to post their shit online right away where we had to press CDs and go walk streets and force feed people for, to give it out for free. You know, Fires. people that are like, they're like, no, no, thank you. Like, no, I'm not charged. It's free. No, no, thank you. Like, even free people didn't want to take the shit. Bro, me so, and Matt drove around in a car with our fucking faces on it, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Out there for a rapper back in the day, man. And he, hit, and he hits me up the other day. He's like, Dad, he goes, the track I did with, with MJ has like, it's up to like 41,000 hits on SoundCloud. I'm like, that's dope. And in my head, I'm like, you fucking cocksucker. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, so I'm happy for him, you know, because not for nothing. Like my son, he's he's got he's got a flow. I keep telling him he needs to stop talking about certain things because, you know, he's, it's it's like a constant just the same shit over and over. I'm like, you got to branch out already. You know, I get it. You know, I've, I got a bunch of tracks of my own, you know, talking about bitches and hoes. And he's got his shit where everything these days, all these kids want to talk about are fucking, you know, streets and guns. But. I'm trying to get him to break out of that. He's like, but that's not what people want. I'm like, I get it, but I'm tired of listening to the same shit over and over. Every time you write a rap, it's the same. So, but, you know, I can't, when he comes to me, he's like, yo, I got 40,000 hits on SoundCloud. I'm like, hold up. You, did you pay somebody on Fiverr? You got like fake hits? He's like, no, we haven't done anything like that. I was like, motherfucker. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> because it's about marketing, man. It's about marketing now. It's like, you know, like, you know, he's promoting it organically and, if if you hit up 10 million people or 10 billion people, you're going to get a million people out of that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like that was the reach that I was missing back then. Back then to have to get to 100,000 people, you had to be signed to a label. You know what I'm saying? Now to get to 10 billion people, all you have to do is post it online. You know, yeah. so it's yeah, just back then, a big difference. We also like our version of social media was you had to try to find ways to funnel in a distribution list of emails of contacts that as you would release stuff or try and do stuff that you had your distribution list that you would you know spam people and say hey we got this new thing out or we have the show that we're doing or if not you had to pay to get flyers done and freaking go out and pass stuff out to then walk all the way down from freaking you know fifth street down to probably 17th to then on the way back find all that all those flyers on the floor that you had just finished passing out you know shit that you had to put up with Dude, I found my own fucking CD on the ground one time. You know how much that shit pissed me off? You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, how do you how do you throw away a fucking CD like without even listening to it? Like it's it's like it's even flyers, and at least I'm courteous enough to just put it in the trash. You know, but fucking to throw a CD on the ground, I was like, you know what? These people fucking suck. And but that was the only way of really putting things things out there. And then you know, as as opportunities presented itself to do things differently, you know, we definitely try to take advantage of it and, you know, it is what it is, but it was a totally different market back then. Did and you listen to every CD that was given to you? I did shot. If any matter of fact, I even remember vividly a guy that was trying to sell me a CD and I told him, I was like, I won't buy it, but I'll trade you because I had one of my own. I was like, I'll give you one of mine. And I'll take one of yours if you want to do it that way. And he was like, I bet. And um, and anybody that ever gave me anything, I always at least gave it one listen. 
if it was trash, that's where it went. And if it was dope, you know, there were times where I where I'd keep it in my rotation for a little bit and I and that was it. But again, beyond beyond getting that one CD, what were the chances of me bumping into that person again for their next drop or their next mixtape? You know, it was there, there wasn't even a way for them to funnel things in, into me, you know, because if they didn't have any contact information on the CD or something like that for me to reach out or even try to collaborate, you know, it was, it was, that's it. It was dead in the water, but I did, I did give everybody their, their one chance at least. Like I would at least listen to it and see what it was all about. And I got to be honest, like most of the shit was bullshit. I can't what's, front. What, what's your answer shot? We know this. No. <laughs> Hell no. No. <laughs> Yeah. Is it hell to the no or just hell no? <laughs> but you, you've had a lot of people probably try to give you CDs that you just knew were whack. Was it in their face? What do you, what do you go by? I don't know, man. Like, I just go by feel, you know? Like, Shots combative. He said it. Because <laughs> if, if I meet you and I'm like, you're probably going to be whack, bro. Then I'm probably going to be right, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's how I pick my first ladies. <laughs> there you go. And that's uh, based on what I listened to, Shot. You you would have been right the majority of the time. Like it was that, and that's the thing. It was no, there wasn't even even then when it was difficult to to get into a recording studio or get your shit recorded or ultimately get it pressed to a CD. Even then, the people that were able to get there, there was still a lot of of bullshit out there you know so now that anybody with a laptop and a bootleg program and preset plugins and a usb mic can put some shit out there that's that's gotten worse i think one of the last times i was on the show we were talking about that and i always felt like that was kind of like the downfall of that shift between the djs choosing what it was that was dope versus the people now dictating what it was that the DJs would play on the radio or in the club because marketing, marketing exactly. campaigns, you know, you, know, you can't knock it. And you know, when, when a DJ says, sees that this particular track is what everybody wants to hear, if they want to stay in the game, they got to spin it because that's what people want to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Shit done change. Cause. Oh shit yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't change a lot, man. But nah, I think you know all that stuff is gonna be interesting to listen to. Listen to that was always like something from the beginning of the project. Soup, you know this is like I always wanted to make it digestible to people who don't know who we are, because more more than likely people don't know who we are. You know what right. I mean? Um, at least as common ground. You know, even in Miami, I think more people know about ID4 and North and Agony than they actually do about common ground. Cause we didn't really put out projects as common ground. Just we would say it, we would say it, but we didn't put out projects as common ground. So um, it was important that, you know, the conversation was always steering in a way that was like easy to understand for people that weren't necessarily aware of like the characters and play or the locations we're talking about or the people we're talking about, you know, to, to make it digestible for anybody to listen to. No, that's real, and it's and it's a lot. A lot of the story is totally based in Kendall. So even just for the people who are from Kendall alone, you know, this is a home team story from Kendall. Like I said, Kendall, South Miami. Like it's this side of the bridge per se, you know, and just them alone will be able to follow it and and enjoy it from 
they know these places. They know Sunset Place. They know the beach. They know this. They know where we kind of interacted with everything. They just didn't know this story was going on in the background of their lives. You know? Right. And That kind and of hip-hop story. Yeah, and like, I, and like I said before, I mean, you could be in, in Kendall. You could be in L.A. You could be in Brooklyn. You could be in Oklahoma. You could be in, in, in Brixton in freaking England for all we, we know. But I, I think that the that the story itself is something that's that's very very relatable because and it's and the well not the 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 re-listening value behind it is there because even us after recording it as i was listening to it i was genuinely intrigued even even though i was the one saying some of these stories and talking with shot about it as i'm listening to it i'm hearing it again and i'm like yo this is some good shit you know this is some good conversation and some and some really good good stories no no different from People that are pegged to like, you know, reality TV and they want to see, you know, somebody's story like like the, 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 the Chicago bullshit that's going on right now. Everybody knows the story, you know what I'm saying? But even still, there's still so much that went on that that you may not have known that it makes it compelling. Like, you know, for people that know of any hip hop group to try to make it out there, everybody knows that story. You try to make it and you didn't. That's the short story. But there's a lot of things that happened in there that that are relatable and very and very compelling i'm telling you it's 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 dope shit i enjoyed it i'm i, I still listen to it so who's so jordan basketball <laughs> is this thing where you take jordan a... peterson he's a famous psychologist <laughs> who does speeches about i what... met i met who's jordan in the common ground documentary <laughs> pro okay pro pro no pro phil jackson pro phil Shadi's Jordan. Shadi's Jordan. I think Jordan joined. Shadi's Jordan. Shadi's Jordan. I don't see it that way, though. You don't see it that way because this was more of an ensemble. Like Jordan was like a one-man show, you know. Mm, I feel like not really. That's debatable, you know. I think. But it wasn't a five-man show. It was right. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan. Jordan wasn't playing was one Pippen. on five. You know. Okay. Pippen then. Not according to the Last Dance, which is where I get all my Jordan knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like Shadi was that go-to, at least for me and stuff. Like if we went, if we were anywhere and and like some shit was popping off, it was like, all right, we got shot, we're fine, you know. And you know, if we were and on on tracks and everything, it was always like I I try, and he was he was always a dick about it too. He would always fucking not let you hear his shit until he was actually spitting it in the studio. But I try to get insight to his verse to kind of see where his mind went. To kind of know more or less where where I was, because if not, there were times when he was doing his shit and I'm listening to his verse. And I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "All right, let me let me try to rework some of this real quick before it's my time to jump in." So, yeah, so he was. Been who was Rodman? Uh, like now we need to finish the the comparison. <laughs> so, Pippen, uh, for selfish reasons, I, I I'd like to take Pippen. You know, <laughs> the the underrated All Star, underpaid. You know, <laughs> M- MVP when Jordan you know, wasn't there, they, they <laughs> made, made, made the smart moves, you know, to look out for his family, you know, but but probably could have that's been true. just as big of a star, you know. Hey, that's actually that's actually a good comparison, dude. So so, so I, I, I could I could take the Pippin North Rodman, I think by far. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and who the fuck is Littles then? I don't know. He's um. Coach. He's Coach. 
<laughs> Kukul. Nah, he's he's more than he's more than a Kukul. Well, yeah, Who else is left on the Bulls? Who else is left? I mean, I, I I'll be like Steve Kerr or some shit. I'll take a shot every now and then. <laughs> but I want I want to be Jack Nicholson. Nah, you're Tex winner. <laughs> so Tex, I'm Tex. All right, I'll take Tex. Yeah. I want to be Jack Nicholson in this scenario. Well, who left is? <laughs> who who's left on the Bulls that you're passing out? Well, you I'm trying it. to think of like Little's attributes. Like the Bulls don't have a guy that would like come into the game, score fucking forty, and then don't play for the next three games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's Rodman. Nah, like, that's not the coach. scoring part. But. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like in a way, Littles is Rodman. You know what I mean? In a and way, I feel like Littles is Rodman. For the he's going, he's going by like agony's going by take him home from Vegas. <laughs> North was like always there, whereas Rodman wasn't always there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think Littles is Rodman, Doug. I think North was like. Just like that dependable team player, dog. Like North would be like a Udonis Haslam. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it's the Bulls, though. Who, who's he on the Bulls, though? The Bulls, man. Who? Uh, Horace Grant. Horace Grant. So we're yeah, talking yeah. about the second three Peter, the first three. You guys say all of them, all of it. Oh, uh, so six. all of them? Yeah. yeah so six. Horace Grant. Horace Grant. So Horace Grant. Yeah. Let me tell you, going back to Littles, I was listening to, I was outside playing ball, um, the other day. And since the album was finally fixed, I was listening to the album. Then after that, I, I got into um, some of your stuff, Shadi. And I was listening to a track with Littles. I think it was, is it Closer or Closer? Because I know that's it's Closer. And I'm listening to Littles' verse. And, and I'm just like, what a, not a waste, you know, because he's he's gone on to do things that he loves and he's 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 making a difference in people's lives. You know, like that's something that, you know, with the type of things that he's doing right now, like he's he's really he's an impact in what other people are doing and 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 making the world better on on his end of the earth. But like, if you know me, like I've always prided myself in being the one that could reel people in. Like I I feel like I really helped to get him to get into the recording for the podcast. Like I, I was the one that nagged the shit out of Pro to get him to come in. And during the podcast, we spoke about you know, all these other collaborations that I felt that I was able to make things happen just due to my persistence. And after listening to that verse, I'm like, you know what? I know, I know pro's not around and we were trying to do it, but fucking, if, if I can get, if I can get a, just one more 16 out of that motherfucker, just one more, you know, I, I'll rest easy at night because I think I would love to see what he would do now, you know? And because, yo, he was, and he nasty. is. Let me not say was. He is. He is fucking nasty. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm telling you, I was listening to that shit. I was like, "Yo, motherfucker, yo, that dude." He got me on closer. Yeah, he got that, me on closer, and he got me on champion too. And those were like the last two he did. Like if Littles would have kept going, he would have <laughs> bodied me on almost every track, dog. You know. Listen, I yeah. can attest to your powers of persuasion, but I know Shotties because he's talked me off of many ledges. I feel like if he couldn't get Littles to continue doing it, no one could, dude. Yo, you'd be you'd be surprised, man. I got <laughs> I got away with just with just working with people and and I'm persistent. Let me let me tell you, Shoddy wasn't gonna gonna have a second track on the album. I was gonna be by myself on that 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 new one, and I I was adamant about it. I was like, dude, I need something fresh for the album, something brand new. I don't give a fuck if you haven't done anything. And he said, Nah, you know what? It's not gonna happen. And I was patient, and I waited, 
and I hit him up again and I got him to come in and I got a verse out of him. Like it's just um, when it comes to putting things together and trying to make things happen, when I put my mind to it, a lot of times I could really make make things, you know, come to fruition. So I'm um, after I'm telling you, after hearing that verse, I would my 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 ultimate goal would be to get the four of us on another track again. I would love to do that. But if wherever I get littles on first, that's that'll be like the first stepping stone. Because I know I'd be pushing my luck with Shotty, but now that I got a little, <laughs> little fire blowing inside of him, maybe if I can get Littles, that might be a catalyst to say, "Well, fuck it. If Littles did it, I could give him another one, and then I could handle North. North will. I'll get a sixteen out of him, you know, if I if I press him hard enough." Horace Grant, I'm telling yeah. you, like, yo, <laughs> need you to grab twelve rebounds and get fifteen points. We need you one more time, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a shame because the plan the plan was to get to have another the four of us again on another pro track, which may still be possible. Juanqui's got got some stock that, you know, if I if I reach out to him, you know, he may be willing to to fuck around with. So I'm telling you that's it's it's all in due time and it's all about about patience too. And since it's not like we got pressing contracts to compete to complete or, you know, executives that are that are breathing down on us. So shit. If I get a verse from Littles today or five years from now, my job's been accomplished, you know? <laughs> I bet he'll do it. I bet he'll do it. That's dope. That would be real dope. Yeah, no, it would be, man, because I'm telling you, Littles, Littles is dope. Close is ridiculous. That track, I mean, he murders that shit completely. That was... That's on the DeLorean album. You can find it on all uh, streaming platforms. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Music, all of it. Yeah, man. Let me say, and as I was going through it, I forgot about how much shit Shot had done. I was going through the when I was on, and I'm seeing all the stuff he did with Tev, DeLorean, Life After Love, which I guess for my taste, Life After Love is just one of those albums that I that I always end up throwing Great. back on. Like uh, that one. I know, yeah. I know it. I know, and and I know you you always you would always say that whenever I listen to it. It's nothing against the other ones. I don't know. It's just something. There's something about the bounce to those tracks and the and the delivery and just it's just I I like it I like it. Glory. If, if you if you listen to my beats, let's say versus North beats, I've always said my my beats are very bright and Norths are always very dark. Um, I always say North was ahead of his time. He was doing trap beats from fucking decades ago, um, and and you know and, and that's the thing. Life after love, even though a lot of it is not necessarily happy music. There is a certain, you know, bounce to it, and a certain brightness to it yeah. that that I like, you know, and you know, even like like you know, some of, some of the swing that you have behind it is just, it's so different from all the other shit that you've done, and and I just, it's, I'm telling you, like when I when I go through them, I'm like, yeah, let me put life after love back on, why not, you know? Really, man, that's fucking fascinating to me. I I thought that would be the last one, you know? Yeah, no, nah, it's it's I, I, I that's that's one of the ones that that. That, and that's the thing. I I won't say that it's like if I had to technically look at you know content delivery beats the whole nine. I wouldn't say that that's your number one album. But if I have to say which one do I enjoy listening to the most, just by entertainment value, to me that's actually probably one of the top ones. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know what to say to that. I like that <laughs> Joe Dumars track. That's my shit right there. Yeah, that is dope. Yeah. Yeah. That's on DeLorean though. Yeah, it is. I know, um, I know. Speaking of streaming platforms, uh, I'm also happy to say that this do audio documentary is going to be uh, dropping on the Human Sushi channel. That's right. Yeah. So the, the ink has been signed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, 
Yeah, man, look out for that uh, right here. Same bat time, <laughs> same bat channel. And okay. we are dropping on, uh, what's the date? May 6th. May 6th, so two days from now, people. Two days from now, guys. And from- we have still to work out my cut, guys. All right. <laughs> oh, you didn't get the memo? You, you cut me out of the documentary. <laughs> All right, but I, I, need a, I need a co-production cut. Your logo, your logo is everywhere. <laughs> the branding is already there, though. It's, it's your first show outside of, you know. Absolutely. No, listen, show. I'm joking aside. I'm excited to, to hear it. And I was going to say watch it. I'm excited to hear it. And um, how many episodes is it? Like, I'm, I want to get into it and I'm ready to do it. So. It's eight of them. Eight episodes. All right, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And then yeah, are you guys going to release them all together or one at no, a time? No, we or? had we had thought about it um, to kind of do it like, you know, quote unquote, like Netflix, Netflix um, approach. Netflix. But we're going <laughs> to we're going to we're going to we're going to space it out. So we're, awesome. we're doing it every week. So that way it gives people time to listen and 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 consume and, and catch up. And and we we did try, like I said, we did try to chop it down. I think the average episode is about an hour, except for the last one. The last one we just we just let it ride. That one's I think um finale. Yeah, that one's like about almost like an hour and forty five or something like that. I just thought of an idea for a porn channel. Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> of, of blowjob videos. <laughs> Netflix. Co productions. Yeah. <laughs> We got channels, I'm cable. That, I'm buying that domain as soon as this podcast is over. I th- I thought you were gonna say sex flicks. No, that's ne- gotta be taken. Netflix, and it's all blowjob videos. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, you? I heard you the first time. <laughs> In case uh, you didn't, I want royalties. I inspired. <laughs> <laughs> going on GoDaddy.com right now, bro. I'm buying the domain. Next. So, wait. so is it going to be every Wednesday a new episode? Yes, sir. Yeah. Cool. And where is it dropping? On Human Sushi. Uh, going to put it up on the website, obviously, Shadi. Yeah, but um, exclusively on the Human Sushi YouTube channel. YouTube channel. All right. Perfect. So look for it there. Look for it there. It's Common Ground Audio Documentary. Awesome. Beautiful. Yes. All right. And um, then I'm going to be doing a recap show, guys. All right. There we go. <laughs> I like right that. Shadi's the only one that knew I was kidding. Everybody else is like, oh, <laughs> I, was I, down. I was hoping you were serious, actually. Let's down. do it. Let's do Yo, it. You can do a five minute next episode. We don't have yeah, to beat it. Sure. You can just review it. No, no, no. We got to do a fancy reunion special like they what? do on the, on the reality TV shows where you guys come all dressed up. <laughs> But that's at the that's at the end. That's at the end. That's after like yeah, at the end. But but per week you could do your recap. True, you're right. I want to do a recap. The cap recap. Cap recap. That'd be awesome. Uh, We got to do some shit like maybe on the IG live, like the day we drop it. We let's go like on IG live and and talk about it and shit. You know. For sure, I'll be there. Just let me know when. Yo, before we started recording today, me and Drake came up with a million dollar idea because you just reminded me, Soup. It's right. the cap cap. Keep America paid. Cap. <laughs> oh. 
All right, pan pan it, guys. Don't steal that. White letter. <laughs> better get on the. You better go uh, with uh, with the other website that Shadi's about to lock down. Just do it in the same. <laughs> get yeah. it in now, Monday. I got. I'll pay you back. Just lock that down. <laughs> if it's available, man. All right, guys. Um, no, no, don't all right, guys. Yeah, hold up, hold up. I got a, I got a topic I wanted to talk about today that was totally off any topic that I we felt was going to come up. Okay. All right. All right. And I'm, I'm going to blindside Renee real quick. I think people need to know about this, and it'll help somebody in their life. Uh-oh. You posted a pic the other day. There with we you go. and wifey. There we yeah. go. I okay. like it. You posted a pic the other day with you and wifey. When All you right. said that you thought that you was, like, at that point, you were probably still in the friend zone. And, and no offense to you, but if you look at the two together, you did well for yourself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, so my so my question is to help anybody else who might be in the same situation. How how'd you manage to to do that? <laughs> I've been waiting so long <laughs> for someone and to, to be ask fair, me. To be fair, to be uh, fair, to be fair. Funny man. Right? When when I started off with my wife, we were not a couple ourselves because of the fact. I think now, if you look at us, we kind of seem a little bit more cohesive, but. You know, she was very prim, proper, prep, and I'm, you know, triple X, white tee wearing, you know, oversized jeans and, and sneakers, hat to the back with a kid, baby mama, still living in my mom's house, and I managed to, to, to get her. So I'm not, you know, I'm not putting myself out of the picture. So, you know, but for me, my, my story is really simple. It was pure fucking luck. I don't know what the fuck she saw in me, to be honest with you, and, and why she took that chance on me. So maybe your maybe your answer is just as quick, but I was curious. No, I thought it'd be something interesting to talk about. Like how how did you work your way and stay out of that friend zone? Sure. So my answer is just as simple: pure dumb luck, right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, no, like in all honesty, like you know, when I first uh, so the way it happened was that I met her because she was a head of HR and she interviewed me for for a job, right? So when I met her. I was there on a professional capacity, right? Like I wasn't like trying to hook up, you know what I mean? And then, and honestly, like I'm usually, I had gravitated my whole life towards like brunettes, et cetera, like Latinas, you know, et cetera. So like when I met her, I wasn't like immediately like, oh, this is a, a good fit for me. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, okay, we're in a professional setting. I'm interviewing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like when we were interviewing, she seemed completely disinterested in anything I had to say. Like she was like playing with her hair. I was like, oh, for sure I didn't get this job, right? So like I walked out and that was it. Um, long story short, we, we started working together. And again, I never thought anything of it. Um, and I think that to answer your question, that's what it was, right? Like I wasn't trying to hook up with her. I was just like, oh, this is a cool person. Like, let me get to know them as a friend, you know? And I, I tell Shadi all the time, I was like, my thinking was, I'm going to end up hooking up with one of her friends, and this girl's probably got hot friends, so it's going to be great, you know? Like, <laughs> so, so whatever, man, we just started hanging out every day, and honestly, like, like there was no intention there, like, at least at, at the very beginning, you know? Like, uh, but then she she's, like, really funny. I remember that's one of the first things that I remember thinking, like, yo, this girl's fucking funny, you know? Like... And I just remember thinking, like, yo, I actually like hanging out with this person. And then it kind of just snowballed from there. You know, I was like, and I think she felt the same way. And I know that she fought it. Like, she fought it at first. You know what I mean? Like, 
because she's like 10 years younger than me. Like we were in different like places, you know? Um, but I think, uh, what ended up happening was I ended up going out on a date, uh, with another girl. And I think that's what made her like realize like, yo, I don't want him dating anybody else. You know, at least that's the way she would tell it. So <laughs> I hope that helps answer your question. Oh, I guess someone like, else wants him. <laughs> don't be thirsty. Don't be thirsty and then make up a fake date and you're, you're set. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. So yeah, when I saw it, I was I was gonna comment on it, and I was like, you know what? I know we got the show coming up. I was like, I'm gonna save this one for, for a quick little chat, put it out I've there. Been for waiting, the I've been too. waiting for years for someone. To I gotta ask say me. though, that that picture, you know, there's some friend zone violations in that picture. Sure. <laughs> you You're judging by traditional friend zone standards. There's definitely something else going on there. I don't know if I'm looking at it with 2020 hindsight, you know, but. Definitely something going on there, man. It's like he's trying not to, but he does. <laughs> you know, you know, they were confusing times. They were confusing times. We're way too close for that to be right, like. Right. Zone has been passed already at this point, you know. No, I was comfort comfort zone. You were in comfort zone already. I was trying to be that that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like that would just be like, oh yeah, do your thing and shit. <laughs> but like, do your thing, friend. Here, let's take like this him. picture. Have, let's have a really <laughs> close hug for this picture. Here, put on my hat. Right. <laughs> She'll be back. <laughs> I played a long game, bro, and I respect it. You know. I did, but it didn't start off that way. That's what I'll say. You know what I'm saying? Like at some point that kicked in, but if, I think the the real foundation was that like for the first time I, I didn't like lust after someone and then like hook up with them and then go from there you know what i'm saying it was like i actually liked them as a person first and then i started to lust for them you know what i mean and that so made the difference point at what point in the timeline did you start to like make it your mission you know what i mean so i always tell the story is like uh we were shopping for something like i forgot like, we went to like go buy something as friends right and then in the store like she helped started holding my hand and i remember thinking to myself like Oh, like that's it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I got a shot. Like I'm shooting my shot. That's it. You know what I mean? Like I'm going in. So like that's uh, the, I think the point where it switched for me in my mind, you know what I mean? That's funny, man. I I I met my wife at work the same way both of y'all did and it's exactly the same thing of like just getting to know somebody first and and vibing with them and and then when you whenever the click happens, that's when you got excited about the situation but i knew my wife like a couple months before i even looked at her any other way i mean she was a cute pretty girl at work and we were all cool and you know when there's not a lot of black people at work y'all tend to give each other a head nod you know what i'm saying just to <laughs> make sure you know if the revolution start we together <laughs> you know, Yo, funny you know story is, is that you know me me and wife we met at work also and 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 one of the the life lessons that I learned through her was making sure to not hit the reply all button because <laughs> there was a message that was sent out by the VP at our job where they basically were going to change up schedules and it was going to impact mine and hers ability to, to either go to lunch together or just even hang out. And this is when we were just first starting to, to like gain some interest in each other. And I responded back to her. I was like, this sucks. This company's always doing all this bullshit. And now we can't even see each other anymore as other stuff. And when I hit send, 
Dude, I get a message back. Thank God he was cool to say. I get a message back from the VP. He's like, you may want to be a little bit more careful next time when you send out a message. Dude, when I went back, I had replied to everybody that was on the thread. And I was, and it was just one of those days where everywhere I went, you know, like when some, you, you remember like an American Pie, when that, when there was video streamed to everybody, the next day he went to school and everybody was looking at him. The whole day, that's kind of how I felt. Everywhere I went, everybody was kind of laughing at me and just kind of giving me that look. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you, you pulled a Jerry Maguire, dude. You, pulled a, <laughs> you sent out the memo. Dude, ever since then, literally ever since then, before I hit any send on any email, I look at the two field, I look at the CC, <laughs> make sure there's nobody else on there is not supposed to fucking be there, and I send that shit out. Uh, that's awesome. That's a great story. So okay. is it safe to say like all of our wives played hard to get at the beginning? No. Nah. No. No. All right, I just mine. <laughs> just well, the thing just. is, mine. The, like that's the thing. Like mine. My relationship with my wife was was or was it? It kind of just like that's why I said I said it was it was pure luck. It was like serendipity. You know, it was it was just it was all about timing. It was it was one of my friends was actually dating one of her friends and when and we had both recently been finished with long extensive relationships and then when we went um when i went the i still remember the, the one night where we finally met outside of work and that's when i really started feeling like i think that there's something possible here was one of those and my boy was like yo come hang out with me we're gonna go to this bar in the grove and shit and i'm like a bar i'm not a back then i wasn't like just go to a bar and have drinks type of person you know and i was like fuck it why not and then she happened to be there because it was her friend that was dating my boy and then so while everybody was just hanging out like her and i got to talking and it was one of those you know you just talk and talk and talk and and you don't run out of conversation you know and when i, I remember going home that night and thinking i was like you know what there's something there was something different about that night and the type of conversation that we were having and and it just kind of just grew and grew from there you know and i've asked her too i'm like you know what the fuck did you see in me and she actually said that the what made the difference in her one time was one day that we were at work and something happened where I, she had left her lunch at home or whatever the case was and i told her i was like yo i got food if you want she was like all right sure what she didn't know was that i gave her my lunch then and i stayed without anything to eat and when she found that out that kind of clicked in her she's like, i can't believe the selfishness of this guy you know to just give up his food that way. and that that kind of showed her a side to me that i guess opened up the opportunity for me to you know get in closer with her but the but it was like i said it was luck because if you if if she, if she would have put anything on paper i was not a catch by any sense of the means dude i was i was a fucking project <laughs> <laughs> this is really that's oh no like honestly like that's really sweet like i'm not i'm jaw jo jokes aside that's cool like i think once once you know you know right like i think you know what I'm saying? Like it just hits you at a certain point. You feel like, yo, this is someone like that I could be myself with and it's cool, like my true self. And I, it sounds cliche, but I think that's like, uh, you know, what I found. And it feels like that's what you guys found too. Well, everybody, let me ask you this to everybody here. Um, when y'all got married, were you nervous? I'll start with you, Shadi. Yes. You were? Yeah. Why? Because it's like doing some fucking gay shit in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> oh, oh well, well, okay. Okay, I, I'll give you that, you know? I'll give you that. And that's and, and the reason why I asked, well, before I get to there, so then what about you, Renee? Not, you not that there's anything wrong with that. I had a panic attack. <laughs> you serious? Yeah, like on the way to the to the venue. Why? 
I don't know. Honestly, like I wasn't nervous. Like in my mind, like I was 100% sure about what I was doing. But then all of a sudden, I couldn't breathe and shit. My chest got heavy. <laughs> I was like, do you like not be in the center of attention or what? I hate it. Okay. So did you think it had anything to do with that? Yes. All right. What about you, Sue? Nah. nah, right? See, when I got married, I didn't have any, I didn't bother me at all. And, and the reason why I asked that question is just because like sometimes people get mad at me. Like I have, I have a, uh, this this guy that I knew once that he decided to propose to his to his girl like four days after he was banging some other chick right and and anybody and that's ever told me hey I'm gonna get married before I say congratulations I'm always like all right well why are you getting married and they get mad at me sometimes and I've had other people tell me that's fucked up why can't you just be happy for them and I'm like because to your point Renee when you know you know right so you know if if you're getting married for the wrong reasons. And if you're nervous about it, you're not sure about it, then you know, then maybe you're not doing the the right thing. So I was just curious to get a, a take from the panel to see how y'all y'all went through because I think that, you know, from what I've I don't know too much about your side, Renee, but I've seen, you know, I've known Shadi for a while. So the day that he decided that he was gonna actually marry somebody, I knew he was serious about the shit because <laughs> word up. You know, I was I, I used to always mess around him from way before. I'd be like, yo, Shot, you getting married? He kinda gave me the look, you know, and then when he finally was like, Yo, we're getting hitched, I was like there i was like congratulations because i knew for a fact that if he said i'm an, i do that it's because he fucking meant i do you know because he does <laughs> I, I moved in with my girl within two months bro i've never i've never lived with anyone prior to that you know what i mean like i've never lived with a girlfriend prior to that was wow. it a mutual decision to move in she like kind of you know threw out the idea and i just i went for it i was like yeah I'm down. So the reason I ask is that I, I moved in with with, uh, with Jen uh, when shortly after we started dating, but she didn't know that I was moving in. <laughs> I basically packed up my shit and surprised her one day when she got home. Back then, I didn't have I didn't have any credit either, right? So Sandro <laughs> hooked me up and we used his Best Buy credit card and I went and I bought a nice TV. Back then, it was like what a 32 inch, you know, and that was like Big Willie shit. <laughs> with a wall unit he helped me bring the shit in we built the wall unit built the tv and everything and i was like hey surprise and she's like oh wow that's nice and by the way i fucking i'm sleeping over you know indefinitely <laughs> until further notice <laughs> he's like this is my tv <laughs> and this is my contribution <laughs> you know and i think you know back then it, it was you know it was all about you know still direct tv she was all into sex in the city and sopranos was hitting back then so you know i, I got the dvd for i forgot what season that came out and That's so yeah I, kind of, I don't i don't remember i don't remember it that way but she kind of reminded me she's like you know i never really asked you to move in and i was like you know what you're right you know i kind of just i encroached she <laughs> took you in <laughs> so my girl ate me a, a care package it was around the same time as my birthday so she like got me like keys she got me like some bathroom stuff you know what i'm saying like she made me like a whole care package to move in and shit it was great <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's some funny shit when a woman comes into your house you don't realize like how much shit you didn't have like <laughs> sure. yeah. Dude, like, like you just said with your, with your care package you're like oh i could use this shit like <laughs> Dude, there's kitchen tools i didn't even know existed and shit dude i'm like oh that's how you do that <laughs> Dude, when i was uh single here in this apartment right 
fucking I didn't even yo, I used to use like paper plates every night, like a dish of paper and just throw it away. Just to not have dishes. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with that. <laughs> I'm saying. Now you got dishes. <laughs> every night. Yeah, killing all kind of trees. <laughs> right, well, I didn't mean to take us off on too far of a ten. You could you could wrap it up now. Because I really gotta take a fish right now too. Yeah, my bladder's about <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, where can they reach you guys? Well, on my end, Agony305 will take you just about anywhere. So um, Agony305 on Facebook, Agony305 on Instagram, Agony305 on SoundCloud. Um, if you're going to search on the streaming platforms, you got to look for Agony and in quotes, The Secret Weapon, and you'll be able to find uh, me there. And if you want to hit me up directly, it's Agony305 at gmail.com. So um, that's how you can get a hold of me or... Or holla at Superman, and he'll get a hold of me, too. <laughs> Super. Right up. Holla at Human Sushi, they'll get a hold of me. Shit, that's not... <laughs> Super. But, uh, local legends a little bit. Oh, well, um, after this project happened, we kind of thought... Well, I thought, you know, this was a good intro to help expand the Human Sushi Network and see if we could create a new channel. And um, I want to be able to take advantage of interviewing the local legends of common ground and kind of keep it going and start talking with other local legends and bring their stories to the forefront because um like agony said earlier there's a lot of us out here that you know our stories need to be told and you might not know about it but it might relate to you it might inspire you it might tell you something you didn't know about somebody you already knew and I said, you know what, That's, um, this is a good way to start it with the Common Ground Project. It's a little bit tough to, to get all these ideas focused, but I think right now um, we have a good idea and I'm going to work with Human Sushi and put it out on the Human Sushi Network and, and try to keep expanding and growing, you know, our network of people that we've, we've, we've known our whole lives and, and we want to tell their they story and their side. Important. So... So you can catch me on double S double O P A on Instagram, Superman double S double O P A M A N on Instagram, or you can search for CG Music Group on Spotify, and you'll hear tracks, you'll hear music, you'll you catch us on the live. We do all types of things. Soon I'm gonna get Renee in the studio, and we'll when we're able to do that, we'll do some collaborative work. <laughs> hey, fuck what you heard. That, that's right. I totally just missed on that. So you 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 DJ. Yeah, I DJ, but like not like probably not like some shit that you'll be into. You know what I mean? Like doesn't matter. You know how to scratch. I probably know, man. Like I'm probably throwing in like some Justin Bieber mixed in with some like Mariah Carey shit. You know? <laughs> hey, Renee, what's going on with Talon? Talon, I uh, just put out a new track, actually, man. It's called yeah. um, it's called uh, what's it called? I'm. So <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you a fucking manager, bro? I'm the worst manager. We're having problems right now, right? Like it's like I don't even I don't even know what that dude's up to, man. He's like hard to get a hold of. You and Talon are having problems? Yeah, unfortunate. I don't want to air our shit out like on on the air, but we are having problems. No, nah, come on. He not? just did. I, I mean <laughs> dude, he's, Same, just, like, he's hard to get a hold. He's hard to like talk uh, about it, son. <laughs> Say, man, you guys, you guys are artists. You guys know how you are, man. I'm trying to rein this dude in. You know what I mean? He keeps wanting to talk about freaking tripping on mushrooms and like fucking best friends and shit. Like, I'm trying to, yo, like, make a real song so we can, so I can manage something. You know what I mean? 
The song yeah. is better, though. That talent shit is hitting, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, talent hit is hitting, bro. I mean, maybe I should be more patient. Maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. But it's frustrating, man. The guy took a shit the other day in the fucking lawn. On the fucking lawn for no reason. In the middle of quarantine. Yeah. That's fertilizer. <laughs> Did you scoop it? Did you poop scoop it? <laughs> I don't know. That was disrespectful. That was the beginning of something for me. You know what I mean? But anyways. Who picked it up? Did you? I had, I had to scoop it. Of course you, I had to scoop his poop. It. I had to scoop his poop. You'll pick up human poop and not dog poop. I pick up dog poop now, Dre. That's why there's like a bridge now that I can fucking so one pick more step. All species. <laughs> now you do all species. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm a manager, not a pooper scooper, man. This disrespect well, cannot know, continue. I don't know how to feel about that. Yo. If, if Dre would ever shit on my lawn, <laughs> I think our friendship question, is over. <laughs> I have to question his intentions. You know, like what exactly did he mean by that? Like what did that shit represent? Was, <laughs> was he drunk? <laughs> no man, yeah, that's just the like type of shit he does. Find, uh, was he it like was to be to, funny? He was trying to like disrespect. Yes. No, he was trying to be funny. That's just his, oh, okay. his, his okay. fucked There's up humor, man. Like, that's fine. You know, artists are weird, so he needs to be careful. Like that shit, some shit like that's gonna get him in trouble one day, man. Right? You know, I don't fuck with feces, man. Like that's not my shit. You know what I mean? Like, he said it was in the grass. Like if he would have put it in a bag and like thrown it at your door, that might have been a little bit more disrespectful. Off the spot, two in the afternoon. People walking their dogs and shit. Oh, so, during the day too. Yeah. Anyways, what was new track? It's called. Uh, I'm just having fun, guys, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you gotta you just, <laughs> go on, go on Facebook, <laughs> look up talent, and uh, I'm just having fun, guys, and uh, listen to that shit. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's fire. Let's let's play it after this. Let's play it at the end of this episode. <laughs> Definitely. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure he might be grateful. Who knows? That's a talent, man. You know. Can that yeah. be the name of this episode? Shitting on lawns. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to wait to the end to get to that point. But <laughs> human shit. <laughs> human shit. Human. Human shitty. Human sous shit. <laughs> oh man, that's phenomenal. We are humans who shit, so you know it is true to the <laughs> bars. <laughs> Let's get oh, wow. We're going We're on the power and shit. Oof, that uh, was brilliant. Yeah. That was brilliant. <laughs> hey man, I appreciate you motherfuckers for coming on, dog. For real, man. Um, nah, you had to you go. <laughs> you're both home it's not like you have to fucking do much but um not nah, definitely the documentary may 6 i'm super excited about this shit man like it's it's <laughs> we're, it's been so fucking long you know what i mean and i'm glad that somebody's actually going to be able to to listen to it and you know when we posted out the promo you know it looks like there's some people that are interested in shit so yeah man shout out to you guys always you know what i mean like you know, we've been fucking friends for a long time, been crew for a long time, and it's it's nice to still be able to to do projects like this. You know what I mean? Yep. So really shout cool. out, to, yeah. shout out to Human Sushi for creating the platform that y'all have been able to. That now that we're putting out this project, like we already have people who already want to listen just from the show. So that's dope, man. That's dope. Definitely, man. Uh, as somebody, as somebody who's uh, been watching from the outside, I think like this whole time because. You know, uh, soup. For example, like you were there, like you said, like a muse. Uh, but I, I've been more of a spectator on my end. You know what I'm saying? Like you and I shot, ha hang out, 
and that's about it. Like I really don't have any other connection to the group other than now we're we're better friends and shit. But uh, my point in saying all that is that it's always been cool to watch what you guys are doing. You know, it's always been fun, and um, like you guys continue to contribute, and it's dope, man. It's dope to see like home team doing something good, and it's always inspired me. You know what I mean? So I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels this way. Uh, so I'm really excited for for the documentary and to see what the what the new thing is and for everything beyond that as well too. So thank so, you guys. And where can they reach us, bro? They can reach us um, on the World Wide Web at www.humansushibar.com. They can reach mm-hmm. us on uh, YouTube, right? They look up Human Sushi on YouTube. Um, ignore the porn and then click on the the thing rolling up sushi. I think there's sushi on our on our icon, right? Yeah, Anyways, sure. click on that shit. Fucking watch the shows. He just blessed everybody. <laughs> Yo, human Sushi Podcast on Instagram, man. Um, press. Yeah, nice. I'm the worst at this. PRSS-2.com. Go buy some yes. of the merch. Um, shit is fire. Yeah, that's all. That's all nice. I got. All right, so, man. all right, fellas. Thanks again, man. Thank you for being right, here. Man. Thank you. All right, stay safe, everybody. Peace. Superman, man, am I glad to see you. What are you doing on this deserted road? Some guys from school drove out here and we're going to start fooling around with drugs. When I told them all drugs do is mess up your head and get you in a lot of trouble, they kicked me out of the van and drove off. You're right not to get involved in the drug scene. Nobody with any sense wants any part of it. How do I get home? That's no problem at all. I'm just having fun, guys. I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun, guys. I'm just having fun. I tried cocaine, I tried LSD. I'm drunk right now and I stay smoking weed. Can't go out, still too soon I'll just stay home and eat some shrooms Shroomy, 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 shroomy I love how you make the whole world cartoony Stuck inside, cause of a Batman Even if you sue me, that's word to George Clooney I'm feeling real loopy, I'm feeling real strange I swear if I listen, I can hear my brain Waves, fucking insane Before today, I was stuck in my lane Too lame to have something to gain Too strange to have something to say Too tame to start changing my ways Too rough to go with the grain Can you feel my pain? Hold up, what was I saying? I'm just having fun, guys I'm just having fun I'm just having fun, guys I'm just having fun I'm just having fun, guys I'm just having fun, guys. I'm just having fun. Verse 2. And everything is cool. There's definitely no monsters in the other room. That's silly. Why would you even bring that up? Now that I look back, I might have ate too much. That was back in verse one. What the fuck have I done? Started off something dumb just for fun. It started off lit. Now I'm on a bad trip. Take one more hit, then abandon ship. Get a grip, little bitch. I gotta get control. People so big, you can see inside my soul. So before the voices gotta go, I just wanna know if they really feel my flow. Can they tell me when to go? Word to E4O, moving so slow, I might need a bit of snow. Now I'm on shrooms and blow, trying to make it to the show. Another cap to the dome, now everything goes. I'm just having fun, guys. I'm just having fun. 
I'm just having I'm fun, just having guys. Fun. I'm just having fun. I'm just having I'm fun, having fun, 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 f